Welcome to To All the Rom-Coms, the podcast where we break down the best and worst of the genre. This episode will be exploring Miss Congeniality and Legally Blonde, discussing girl power and whether or not these two classics have withstood the test of time since their release dates 20 years ago. going to be talking about today is Miss Congeniality, starring Sandra Bullock. Released in 2000, Miss Congeniality follows FBI agent Gracie Hart as she sheds her tomboy ways to go undercover as a contestant at the Miss United States pageant. So, Rose, Miss Congeniality. We've both seen it many, 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 so many times. <laughs> what are your uh, not-so-hot takes, considering that this movie is almost 20 years old? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first time I saw this movie, I was probably, like, 13. Wow, wild. Or something. Um, maybe. Truly, I don't remember how old I was when I saw <clears throat> this movie for the first time. Yeah, it was It was when it came out on VHS, and I would always <laughs> go over to my, my mom's friend's house um, and... My brother would play with, like, his friends, and I would just watch, like, Legally Blonde and Miss Congeniality kind of on a loop, actually. Yeah. So, and Pretty Woman. That was another one. Pretty so. Woman? Oh, God. So, we're going to have to watch Pretty Woman, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Oh, we are absolutely going to have to watch Pretty yes. Woman. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I remember liking it as a, as a kid. Obviously, I in, enjoyed it uh, enough to watch it over and over yeah, again absolutely. as a young person. Yeah, oh. um, do you feel like has it has it did it hold up for you this time seeing it now as a grown ass woman? Uh, yeah, no, it it did. I I feel like I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it as an adult. By adult, I mean I think since I turned eighteen, I think I've seen it yeah. at least once. At least since once. I turned yeah, 18. yeah, I have too. Um, but it's probably still been a while. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised at how much I remembered. When, once I was watching it, I and, was like, oh, wow, I remember everything in this movie. And I was surprised by how little I remembered. Like, I mean, I've seen it, like, since I, definitely since I turned 18, within the last five years. But apparently I just, like, my state, my brain has made room for other things and it <laughs> kicked Miss Congeniality out because I totally forgot about everything that happened in that movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do yeah. remember that I, uh, for a really long time, um, really wanted to be an FBI agent after I watched that movie and I would well done um, because Gracie's amazing so like yeah and I, I like went up to my friends I, I must have been a little younger than 13 because this seems uh-huh. like slightly more intermediate behavior um I would go up to my friends and I would pin their arms behind their back and I'd be like I'd be like I want to be an FBI agent see try to get free I bet you can't get free could they get free though um it was hard for them <laughs> I don't think I was using any kind of proper wow. techniques. Rose, maybe um, you should have been in the FBI. <laughs> um, I am Gracie Lou Freebush. <laughs> Gracie um, Lou Freebush? It's such a good name. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, so now watching it today overall, I think it uh, it does hold up pretty well. As always with movies like this, there are like often small things with, like, language or the way people talk to each other. It's just yeah. slightly different. Also, um, there's, I, it, there's, I do feel like there are some movies that, <clears throat> even if we're not talking about, like, uh, things that, because, you know, cultural, car, culture changes in one way where, like, things that were acceptable to say become not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some movies, I feel, that just, like, were made 20 years ago that 
don't even have anything offensive in them. They just don't, like, they would have made sense as a movie in 2000, Mm -hmm. but just don't anymore just because, like, movies have changed and just, like, the the whole world is just a different place. So like it, that movie just falls apart as anything that's even actually interesting. Mm -hmm. This one to me does not. No, I think, I mean, and and like some of the things we talked about last night that like even small things, like the fact that the cast is actually quite diverse. Yeah. um, Especially for a movie at this time. Yeah. Um, which, which is great. And, and there are just, there are a lot of women and it kind of ends up being a little more about female friendship than about Mm -hmm. anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, and I know we're going to talk about this, but I would not actually call it a rom-com. No, um, yeah. I feel like we definitely need to talk about yeah, that. But With both of these movies, like, I feel like that's why we chose them. Yes. Is that when you pull up a list of rom-coms, like, Miss Congeniality and Legally Blonde somehow both get onto rom-com lists, but we'll have to decide, I guess, whether we think they actually belong. Mm-hmm. You don't think Miss Congeniality belongs there. No, I don't. I mean, I think... There, there's a slight romance in it. Um, sure, but there's a slight romance but, in everything. Yes. <laughs> but also, like, it's it's extremely slight. It's not actually yeah. um, part, like, it's, it's the story doesn't revolve around it at all. It's kind Mm-mm. of like a result of, like, her finding these other aspects of herself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, I think that, yeah, I think it, holds up impressively well. I think that when you look at it on the surface, there are a lot of things that I think people have problems with, but that I think we can break down. Um, I do think that we see the, like, very stereotypical, like, ugly woman turned beautiful and suddenly, Mm -hmm. like, finds herself because she's conventionally attractive, um, which I know many people find problematic and can be extremely... Absolutely. um, I think that the way that they do it is... Mm-hmm. I think it's really well done, um, yeah. and I think we'll get into that yeah. more a little later. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, that's so far. What's your hot take? My hot take <laughs> is uh, I I always knew I loved this movie, but now seeing it like as an adult woman, I am just I've just reaffirmed that yes, like this movie is awesome. Sandra Bullock, I love her. She yes. can do no wrong. <laughs> um, and. There were just so many things in this movie that I just really appreciated and appreciate now, I think, as an adult even more than, like, I did when I was a kid because now I can, like, analyze them and dissect them. And I think you're right. There, I think there are... I think people really write this movie off. They think it's just like a makeover movie. Yes. And I actually think that it's doing really interesting things with, like, gender roles and, in particular, like, femininity. So... Yeah, so I feel like it's a huge, important movie. Mm-hmm. I do not think it is a rom-com, but we'll get into that more. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that because it, it ends up being about a lot about the female friendships and stuff, I think that one of the important things that happens in this movie um, is that, you know, this woman gets a makeover and whatever, mm-hmm. but she very clearly, as it's all happening, has disdain for like, feminine women, Mm -hmm. femininity Mm -hmm. makes assumptions about women like that and their intelligence, like, all of this kind of stuff. And and you see that before when uh, Eric Matthews, the, Mm -hmm. the, her, like, kind of partner or whatever, the other FBI agent, he, like, brings some girl around to talk to her and she's feminine and 
Gracie kind of like dismisses her. Yes, yeah, very much so. And no. and we kind of see that also in like how she reacts to needing to go undercover in this way. Yeah. And and then it kind of turns on her. Mm-hmm. You know, like she actually gets to know these women and develops female friendships and realizes, oh wow, like I care about these women. These mm-hmm. women are like blowing all of my assumptions out of the water. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I think that I think the movie is way more about that than it is about her makeover. One thousand percent. The makeover only serves her, like. It, it's just there to set her up to then grow as an individual um, because what she actually needs, oh, what I find interesting is what she actually finds from female friendships is like community and like belonging as opposed to she's lived a very like solitary life mm-hmm. and she's been like a very masculine person and that like hasn't served her. So I feel like kind of one of the like species of the movie is that like femininity can also be community which is so interesting when it's in the context of a competition like literally these women are supposed to be Mm -hmm. like fighting each other but then they end up like coming together Mm -hmm. which I think is a super interesting comment yeah well and you made a a note like an observation last night about how the women when they are like sort of in the realm of like under the eye of Mm. like Mm -hmm. getting ready for the competition like at the like welcome breakfast or whatever that they're yeah. very mean to each other. But yeah, when the, the moment, patriarchy is looking over them, yeah, they're very mean to each the other. The moment yeah. they're actually by themselves when they're all like hanging out together at that paint club. Which place. where is that? Like, I, I need to go. That. <laughs> where is this paint club bar? I don't know, but I need it's to go. It's apparently in San Antonio, Texas. So we gotta go to San Antonio. <laughs> I feel like there's gotta be something like that in New York. There's gotta be something yeah. like that in New York. I can't imagine there would be. You know. <laughs> um. Um. But, yeah, and, like, the moment they're there and doing stuff together and not being scrutinized or feel like they're under any kind of observation, Mm -hmm. they're suddenly very warm to each other and having fun and laughing together and eating pizza. Eating pizza. Oh, I love to see women eat on screen. (laughs) It's so good because the idea is that women apparently never eat, I guess, even though it's not true. Not true. And also, okay, you know, also, I feel like I have a real appreciation for all female vi- environments, especially because, so I went to like Catholic all girls high school. So I, there was a lot of all female environments happening in my youth. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. We ate a lot of food. So I love when it's very accurate that when then women get together in a group like that, they're going to stuff their faces. <laughs> That's what we do, FYI. Like, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I think this movie's way more about the female friendships. Mm-hmm. I, I have to agree with that. It's not about... I don't know what... I mean, I don't even know what else it would be about. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it can be a little about... Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely just about, like, I think, like, masculinity and fem- femininity. And, right, and like yeah. very, yeah. like, um, and, and sort of compare and contrast, I guess, yeah. in, in, like, how yeah. they're trying to show it. Um, but I also think it, it makes some, I would say... Not it's not heavy handed at all, but it is sort of letting you watch something like the Miss America pageant mm-hmm. from 
like a perspective where you're just kind of you're seeing it from an inside, mm-hmm. from inside of it, and sort yeah. of, and also just, I think even more aware of how, just how kind of ridiculous those things are. Oh like, yeah, that, sure. that like yeah. they, you know, like the swimsuit portion in particular. The swimsuit portion is so gross, God. <laughs> that it's just, that it, it that it is raiding women's yeah. bodies in a very specific way. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't really talk about it very much. They just, no. they just put it in there. Mm-hmm. They don't really have to even change anything because there are obviously like a lot of pageants that are like that and they just, they fuel that kind of male gaze Mm-hmm. Really, in a really nasty way, and I think you can kind of see the way. effects of that too. Yeah, in this movie, mm-hmm. should we talk about Cheryl? Because Cheryl's one of my favorite parts of this yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl is amazing. <laughs> Cheryl's amazing. Okay, so Cheryl, if it's been a while since you've seen this movie, Cheryl's the like friend that Gracie meets at the um at the Miss United States competition she's the one who's like seems like kind of an airhead she's Miss Rhode Island or whatever um and she's the light of this movie it's very precious honestly their friendship is super cute to me because I can totally see them being friends like Mm -hmm. because Cheryl's just the one running around like giving everyone cupcakes and Gracie is like if you hurt her I will murder you yeah yeah, which is pretty much exactly. Honestly, that's a good summary of this movie. <laughs> that's a good summary of this movie. It's um, true because, and she, what you were saying yesterday about her, like sort of being this kind of embodiment of femininity in this mm-hmm. movie, like everything that um, that Gracie has, yeah. sort of disdained, yeah, um, and then, but then also sort of um, blowing past stereotypes about women being. Mm-hmm mean to each other or petty or catty. Right, because I think that's what we think. Kind. Exactly. I think we think that for some reason, women who are the embodiment of femininity then are going to be super mean to other women for some reason. We've like come up with that stereotype. But she does, it is not that at Mm -hmm. all. She's just welcoming and sweet to everyone. And also then she has all these things about her character that are just like, surprising which I really love like the the fucking like fire <laughs> baton yeah yeah the, like, and the, her um her major her actually. major that was the most, what is she majoring it's, she's some oh, science like major chemistry and like something physics or something I don't know it's yeah. something wild and they don't comment on it either they just they're just tell like you. she's majoring in this and you're like what yeah it's like with like a minor in something <laughs> with a minor molecular, in molecular mass, something or yeah, other something I, yeah clearly yeah. I know a ton about this but yeah, it's it's just like an extremely like intelligent, like very technically intelligent, intelligent yeah. things that women are not yeah. supposed to be good at. Yeah, especially not pretty women yeah. who are in beauty pageants. Yeah, um, you know, according to society. But yeah. then she just like fucking yeah, does it. Just does it. It's true. And you know, in a movie that was like not in a different movie, they could have put that joke in. Because that's clearly also supposed to be, like, a joke. And in in another movie, probably that was written by a man, that joke would be making fun of her and the idea that, like, she could possibly ever do that. Instead, all of those jokes in this movie are making fun of the audience's expectations mm-hmm. of these women. Yes, yeah. Which, you know, is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's what makes this movie so good, you know? Mm-hmm. 
that just like totally circumvents everything that you think about that you uh, you you make yeah. the assumptions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there are small ways that they sort of counteract that. Even like the the fact that she's under suspicion initially because she was at all these like really violent <laughs> protests. protests. I know um, that uh, also like about yeah. about like animal yeah. rights or whatever. And yeah, that also true. is just like an extremely you don't really expect that. And they no. kind of you know, they, they blow by it in a way, like, obviously, like, Gracie's asked to look into it. Right, yeah. Um, they also blow by the fact that she's had what sounds like potentially a very severe sexual trauma. Yeah. Um, they kind of just, like, yeah. drop that in there yeah. and then kind of let you... Which, you know, I actually like that that's how they handle it. They don't make it this big, heavy thing, you know? Um because they they let Gracie be the one who's super concerned about it mm-hmm. so that then it doesn't like have to disrupt like the the trajectory of the movie but also you know still that like it's like not a okay thing that happened mm-hmm. um so I, I like liked that treatment of that moment by like the the writing of the movie mm-hmm. you know yeah I think that it worked really well yeah um yeah, she's just, and and at the end, of course, like when all the shit's going down and Gracie's trying to like yank the crown off. Oh of my her god, head. her just standing there screaming is so amazing. <laughs> it's like it's like um, what's that? It's like she's like weeping. But yeah, like, but, in but a it's like shrieking. It's like way. she's a child. It's like she's a five year old on the subway, and like her mom won't give her like back her doll or whatever mm-hmm. and so she's just like ah! <laughs> so yeah good. her good friend gracie lou freebush <laughs> is trying to attack her, her. <laughs> no that's true and actually she's trying to save her life but actually she is it's true i don't know that it's true it's um true. so what how about um how about the other women the other women this, yeah just in general i know that they're smaller characters they um, are smaller characters but still important um i love all of the other we don't get as as big a an understanding of all of the other contestants. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see enough to like know they each have their own kind of thing, their own personality. Um, I love that Miss New York at the end turns out to be a lesbian and like screams that like lesbians can also make it to the top 10 of the Miss United States competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was great. And I love that she's getting dragged off stage. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, and like, yeah, they're all they all just like clearly have their own interesting personalities. And obviously like mostly their function is to work as a group. You know, yes. that that's really They're what, all very very different. Very different. Yeah. Um their energies are all very different. They all have also have very different. They look very different. Mhm. Um which I also think is a good way to sort of subtly defy expectations in this movie like yeah. oh, Gracie has to go to this Miss America pageant, and then you have an immediate picture of all of, these white blonde ladies. Yeah, and and yeah. you are forgetting that that it's actually going to be more diverse than that, and yeah. that there are a lot of different kinds of women yeah. um, with different body types and different skin colors and, yeah. and different backgrounds that are coming in and competing and providing their own their own story when it comes to these kinds of things. Yeah, um, and. I feel like that's a good thing that sort of like we have expectations Gracie has expectations yeah they, they all get altered as this movie mm-hmm. progresses that's true um and then there's also Kathy Morningside 
who I think it's super interesting that the villain is, is a, a woman. woman. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers, but like the villain is a woman. If you haven't seen this movie, it's 20 years old, so you should have. Um, I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, you've, you've probably, probably seen, seen this movie. I hope. Uh, um, yeah, but I, it's super interesting that she's the villain. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't, I mean, I can't remember if I was shocked the first time I watched it that yeah, she was honestly, the villain. I, I don't remember either. I mean, it's I been so long. It's yeah. been like a really long time yeah. since I've seen it. So, yeah. And I also think she's kind of interesting as a villain because I feel like we don't get to, like, so when women are villains, usually it's because like some man coerced them into it or some man mm-hmm. broke their heart and so that's what happened. In this, I mean, Kathy Morningside is pretty much just straight up batshit and uh, honestly love it. Like, let's go. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I also feel like um, there is there's a thing that can happen when you are a woman who has sort of lived through an industry yeah like no that. I think that's true I think that yeah. it can happen with like models I think it can yeah. happen with musicians I think yeah. it can happen with um with actors for Absolutely, sure for sure um and 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 also like mm-hmm. in this kind of business of beauty where you you were in beauty yeah. pageants you were running beauty pageants mm-hmm. um and you, um probably in that way you become very very obsessed with being young and then mm-hmm. she gets pushed out because she's not young enough yeah. anymore. And so I'm sure that makes you, like, snap, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it, it, it yeah. you're sort of being disregarded because you're an older woman. Yeah. And, and you also grew up being super objectified, being told yeah. that you weren't thin enough, that you weren't mm-hmm. pretty enough, that you needed to hold yourself in exactly the right way, that you needed to give these exact right answers that proved that you were perfect like quintessential example of femininity and like all of these things being under a microscope all the time um it's gonna make you a little batshit it's gonna make it's going to make you a little bit batshit it's It's true like (laughs) it's just that's just that that it it's gonna do something to you it's sort of like a lot of emotional trauma over yeah. a long period of time yeah. and I feel like people have different ways of reacting to that and yeah. uh, Kathy Morningside's was I guess to blow up a person yeah you know um yeah, yeah. no that happens and and the fact that like she also like her history is like the she was the runner-up and mm-hmm. the winner like got food poisoning got and food poisoning and, and that sure. kind of like that kind of is sort of the stereotype of mm-hmm. like women hating each other and yeah, sabotaging each other. Yeah. And to be fair, I've actually seen that like in certain environments that mm-hmm. I've been in. Um, but I think it's not, I think it's a very few women who are like that. I think it's a learned behavior. I don't think it's an inherent behavior. People think, like, women are inherently catty towards one another, but 
truly no outliers actually but i think that they are sometimes so extreme and they've become this example of like women are always like this yeah um i don't think women really know inherently how to be catty to one another because if you go into the bathroom at a bar uh some drunk girl is going to tell you that you have beautiful hair or she really likes your dress or do you want to borrow her lipstick (laughs) like (laughs) that's like female culture you know not like blowing each other up or giving each other food poisoning. It's too much work. Yeah. And again, there are definitely a few. Certainly outliers. But like, again, it's sort of this um, smaller percentage that's been blown up to be the majority. Well, I think it's very Um, useful to men for women to be catty to each other, mm -hmm. you know? And so consequently, I think that's what they want to feed without even knowing that they do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's an, an inherent piece of feminine culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about the very minor, minor romance? It's barely oh, yeah. Romance. I mean, like, Benjamin Bratt's okay, character. Okay, so um, it's, it's a part of it, you know? It's definitely not, like, the focus. I wouldn't call it, like the reason that the movie happens. No, you know? definitely not. It's definitely more minor. But it's like, I mean, it's definitely, it's not like it just suddenly shows up at the end. Like, there's obviously markers that's, like, gonna happen throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know. Um, honestly, I love this romance. I, I was thinking about this today on the train. What I find interesting about the thing between Matthews and Gracie is that Sometimes there's this trope in rom-coms especially and also just like romances in general where like the it's like the boy pulling the girl's pigtails, you know, on the playground mm-hmm. where he like, you know, baits her because he likes her. But that's not even even though they argue with each other, I don't get that vibe from this. I feel like in this movie like he's mean to her because that's how he is to everyone. And she doesn't take a shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he, as, when he watches her, like, doing all this, like, like, actually, like, being smart, putting her head in the game, you know? He's like, oh, wait, I actually like her. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and not even just being smart and putting her head in the game, but, like, actually caring about something in a way that maybe she, like, she she obviously cares very much about a lot of things, but actually caring about people. Yeah. She sacrificed her job. To stay yeah. and protect these women because yeah. she cared about them. Yeah. And I feel like things like yeah. that and the small ways that that starts to happen are also yeah. something that I think kind of helps yeah. him realize yeah. how he feels about it's her. That's true. I also think that the, the t- when it, I think that when you see it turn for him in the movie from just them being like coworkers and mm-hmm. kind of having this vaguely flirtatious relationship into him actually liking her is when she has that vulnerable vulnerable moment where she like tries to quit. Yes. And yeah. she's like, I don't feel yeah, good yeah. about any of this. And then he has to give her the pep talk. And that's when I feel like he's like, oh, she's a real person. I like her. <laughs> you know, because then after that, that's when he like shuts the men yeah. down from like looking at her in her bathing suit or whatever um, to like respect her privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that's probably the turning point for him. But yeah, but like I, I, what I remembered in my head about this movie was that like they have like this weird kind of like rivalry relationship that really could have been 
the he's mean to her because he likes her mm-hmm. thing, which is a stupid trope that we need to get over. But it, to me, personally, it doesn't really actually read that way. It reads more like they're more competitive co-workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you and know? they have that whole sparring match or whatever. Oh my god, can we please talk about the sparring match? I've been wanting to talk about the, that the entire time. <laughs> Why didn't you bring it up earlier? <laughs> because we weren't there yet. We were okay. talking about him. Okay. okay? Um... <laughs> So this is a way, and, and like one of the things you were saying last night when we were watching it is that like in, he's doing things like smacking her ass, touching yes. her a lot because I mean they're sparring, but also, yeah. but it, there are several reasons why for some reason it, it doesn't bug it, me. It's what you were saying was yeah. like, it, it is sort of, I think an effort to show that she is not seen, that she's sort of desexualized. Yeah, that she, they don't Be- see Because her. she's not stereotypically yeah. feminine or conventionally yeah. attractive yeah. or whatever. That, like, she's all sort of, the guys in, on her, like, mm-hmm. team or whatever see her as, like, one of them. Yeah. You know? And and not yeah. in, like, a... I don't know, I feel like there are some... That's portrayed in, in some stories as, like, yeah. a... She's one of the guys, but then actually... There's one guy who yeah. she isn't one of the guys for. Yeah, it's whatever. like portrayed. Yeah. It's, it's always sort of shown in it's a weird stupid, way. But in this yeah. particular case, it, it just shows that like she actually is very yeah. much desexualized by all of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and that then she just doesn't take his shit. And, shit, it's true. Yeah. Um. You know who doesn't want to date someone that. Where you could just beat the crap out of each other in a nice, safe to. environment. It's so true, in a nice, safe environment. Imagine they, you know, they have yeah. dinner and then they and get then into a wrestling match. They get into a wrestling match yes. and then they have sex and yeah. then that's that's it. Um, yeah, I feel like that scene where they spar is so interesting because yeah, he like smacks her ass, also then almost touches her vagina, which was a very weird moment that we had to go back and watch again. Um, and at first I was like, oh my god, he touched her vagina. And then I realized, like, that's what men do to each other, is they punch each other in the balls all the time for some reason. I don't get it. It's weird. Like, don't stop doing that. <laughs> but so it, like, establishes them kind of as, like, all on this weird same team. Mm-hmm. Do I think that, like, you should do that to someone? No. No, I don't. Regardless do not of recommend. gender. Do not recommend. Yeah, yeah. Regardless Doesn't of any matter. gender. Doesn't matter. Uh, maybe Maybe don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Do that. <laughs> don't like it. Um, but in the context of this movie and those moments, like, it weirdly just, like, didn't make me uncomfortable. She also doesn't act she uncomfortable. She doesn't, yeah. She, she doesn't care. Like, it's very clear the yeah. way that the act, that Sandra Bullock is, like, performing it. It's very clear that, yeah. like, this is a pretty normal interaction and it doesn't yeah. actually make her uncomfortable. Because also, no. if it did... She would murder him. She would just... She would like, murder him. She, she would, would probably just punch him in the face. murder him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. She would never allow... She'd, like, definitely draw her gun on him and, like, it would... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like with the donuts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, also, can we talk about that? I totally forgot about that. About the food About the food, the food thing. thing. Okay, so she's at this pageant for, like, maybe three days. And... They tell her that she's not allowed to eat anything. Yeah, basically. well, and they're like they're like trying to like you know make her more feminine and and do all of these things to like fix her hair and her eyebrows. Right, yeah, and which okay, fine. Waxes whatever. and outfit or whatever. But one of the things that then they're it's it's like they're trying to get her to lose weight or something. When but it's she, three days and she's already in great shape. She's she's an FBI agent who yeah. you know like works out all the time. Yeah, and is constantly like. 
you know, boxing and wrestling. And so she's just, she's in great shape and she should be eating real food. Yeah, she probably... All of these women are exercising all the time. They should be eating real food. food. Yeah, yeah. They should, first of all, like, if anything, okay, so she needs to basically eat a lot of protein. Like, but I think she knows that, Mm -hmm. you know? Like... Yeah, I thought that part was stupid. It didn't make any sense within, like, the context of the pageant, it, even. It made... I think the reason it made sense, actually, was mm. to sort of, again, show the absurdity of it. Because yeah. that is... Yeah, true. What true. women are told yeah. to do. And yeah. what they do to themselves when they want to, yes. you know, lose weight or, yeah. or, or just not gain weight. Yeah. Even um, though, I'm going to tell you something. Diets are a lie. They do not help you. You will gain back all of the weight you lose on a diet as soon as your body realizes, oh, you're, she's trying to trick me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's smarter than you are. <laughs> you cannot yeah. outsmart it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, you know, like having someone work out all the time and just eat celery is a great it's way to good. cause a lot of problems. Yeah, that's believe not, me. <laughs> it's not going to go well. Um. But that's, and like she, and like Gracie Lou, Freebush, Gracie Hart, whatever, Gracie knows, Hart, yeah. <laughs> knows that. Knows that. Yeah. Um, but like has to, her like coach. Well, her, her fucking, and also her, the guy who's uh, in charge of her, Matthews, like it's also like don't eat anything. Yeah, yeah. So what is she supposed to do? You know? Um, it does, however, lead to that lead to that great comedic moment where she does hide donuts in her bra. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I feel like that's funny. probably why they did it. They yeah, really they were, were like, "Well, she's got to hide donuts in her bra." Hide donuts in her bra. Um, it's true. Yeah, um, yeah. God, I love this movie. Sandra Bullock just truly is uh, America's sweetheart. Like <laughs> she, even just like the way she carries herself in this movie is so good. Like her whole. Just her her whole performance. She really should have won an Oscar, to be honest. Yeah, she does a, a great job. She does a great job. It's um, true. It's true. Um, really, uh, really quick. What? Um, we see a lot of scenes where a lot of the male coworkers mm-hmm. of her male coworkers are like watching the pageant, and I no. feel like it's definitely this very like. I don't know. They're sort of the outside observers, and they're sort of showing. Uh, maybe the male gaze in action as yeah. far as like the way that they're looking at the women and talking about mm-hmm. the women and talking about her. Um, is that the kind of thing that, cause I feel like some people, that's another thing they might watch and, and be, be like bothered gross. by. Yeah. Um, but do you think it, it serves a purpose? You know what purpose I think it serves is to show Within the course of the movie, I think the purpose that it shows is actually about Matthews, because then he cha- he's the one who changes, mm-hmm. and he, he kind of starts doing shutting it down, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's supposed to be this moment of kind of, not only does Gracie change, he also changes throughout this kind of, uh, throughout, throughout this period. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I don't know, I, the, the thing is, like... It didn't really bug me for some reason. Like, it kind of vaguely, but not in a... There are some movies where shit like that happens, and I'm like, ugh, gross, you It's know? a little less gross, and I, I can't it, put my finger on why. I think yeah. part of it has to do with the fact that it's it's comedic in a very, like, light way. Yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely the kind of oh. thing where I feel like 
this this isn't what men who are doing this are actually saying. Yes. Yeah. It's sort of trying to maybe make a comment and like yes. show like, oh yeah, men do this, but then it's doing it in yeah. a way that is, I don't even know how to describe it. You know it. what I think it is? Because, so this movie was, <clears throat> two of the three writers were women, was that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this movie feels, that those scenes in particular, feels like women joking about the way that men talk about them. Mm. And so that's why it doesn't feel as gross or invasive because it's women mocking that. Yeah, it does seem to be sort of mocking that or and like yeah. drawing your attention to it in a way yeah. that that cuz it's not yeah. gratuitous. They no, it's also it it's gross. it's very Yeah. It's just kind yeah. of like men are so stupid. That's like kind of what it feels like. But even kind of in like an endearing way, like, wow, men are just, men are yeah. just dumb. Or in like even moments where you're like, really? Yeah. Really? Like, right really? this moment? This moment. You're okay. going to do that? Cool, cool, cool. Um, and I think it only feels okay because then it is, once it starts to go too far, it does get corrected by one of the other men. Yes, that's true. You know? Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think some of those moments are a little mm-hmm. cringy, but not near, like, Really, mostly, it was. I think it was to a like, point. Yeah, to it, to a point. It didn't yeah. feel like. Uh, it didn't feel like they were over overdoing it. No, and no. It, like you said, it wasn't gratuitous. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> we haven't really talked about Victor. Oh, Victor! Um, if we want to do that really quick, because I feel like he is also. I mean, it's Michael Caine. That's Michael Caine. That's um, true. What a Got to talk about Michael Caine. It's true. I love Victor, Victor in this movie. I totally forgot about him as a character. And... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, when he's walking and he's like, oh, look at my buttocks. Aren't I pretty? Aren't I pretty? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think he's... Well, he also is... Um, well, they have some moments with, like, him and... And Eric. Oh my god, early 2000s sort of the, masculinity is so bad. Yeah, they're de- where they like, definitely show, like, oh, here's a gay man making this straight man uncomfortable, uncomfortable. because yeah, it's straight true. men don't know how yeah. to handle and that. And not even, and from nothing. Also, that's the thing. It's not like they make my, Michael Caine's character look bad. No, it they makes, don't. It makes fucking Eric look bad. It, it makes, makes him <laughs> look like an idiot. <laughs> because Michael Caine was just talking to him, and then uh, Eric is like, I have to leave <laughs> Like, masculinity is so fragile. First of all, if Michael Caine hits on you, you better say thank you. Like, (laughs) that he would deign to even look at you. Well, though, to be fair, Benjamin Brad is very pretty. He's very, very good bone structure. very good bone structure. Um, His face. Um, Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that 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 kind of shows that. I mean, in there, like, I don't know... Do you think he veers into any kind of stereotype? Um, a little bit, but yeah. not a stereotype that I, and I mean, this <clears throat> isn't a stereotype that I would even be offended by because it's not a stereotype of me, you know? Um, but I think they also, I mean, because everything is a stereotype when you get down to it, you know? Gracie's also Gracie a, is a stereotype. stereotype. Benjamin Bratt's character is, is, is also a stereotype. A stereotype. Yeah. But they also, with all of them, they're stereotypes, but then, you know, they, you add a little sprinkle on top. Yeah, well... And they're and a real character. I think you what, know? what this movie also does is it takes those stereotypes and then finds small ways to yeah. take your... Like, it, it's sort of showing you your own assumptions about certain yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, huh. And kind of 
you know, changing them. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is, is a useful thing to do. Yeah. Um, I also think it's Michael Caine, so, like, I don't know, maybe if it was a different actor, it would have felt more like a stereotype, but he's just so good that, mm-hmm. like, he could take anything and just make it feel real. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's still, like, I think yeah. he feels like a very authentic character. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. possible that on paper... I don't he know, was who more, knows? He was more of a stereotype. You know? It's possible that on paper all of these characters also feel more like a stereotype. And they just have a very good... And they have very good actors, yes. you know, and a very good director. But I don't think so. I think this is what the writers had envisioned when they created it, you know? I hope so, anyway. Because mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. Um, yeah, but so I feel like, I feel like yes, based in stereotype, for sure, is the final product a stereotype? I think no. Yes, yeah, yeah. No. But I also think that you could say that for, I mean, what is stereotype really? Stereotypes are archetypes. Yeah. That's where we get theater. That's where we get storytelling, you know? So the, I think the job of the writer and the job of the director of the actor is to find, is to take the stereotype and find what's surprising, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that movie does, this movie does that. Yeah. 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 Um, And why would you say not a rom-com? Okay, so not a rom-com because I feel okay, I feel like a rom-com for me everything in the movie has to be spearheaded or in service of mm-hmm. the the romance, right? Um and then it has to end well. It can't end badly. Uh though I feel like we'll get into some anti-rom-coms where it doesn't end well yes. necessarily, but that's on purpose trying to make a comment about the rom-com. Um but this like, there is the romance between her and Eric. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a very cute part of the movie, honestly. It's not the point of the movie, no. though. The point is her... And if and this is either an action comedy, it's a workplace comedy, or it's just like a... Coming of age. Coming of age story. Yeah. yeah. Self-realization. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of what, we, what we've talked about with these is like... I think if you actually look up Miss Congeniality, it says action comedy. But if you, yeah, you were saying I think if, if you, you go- Google rom com, Miss Congeniality on list is listed as a rom com. Yeah. It is often categorized as a rom com. Yeah, and that oftentimes this kind of comedy, where it's like a workplace comedy or um, a, some some sort of coming of age comedy. Yeah, like um, Clueless. For, yeah, Forty Year Old Virgin yeah. is actually I think a good example of this. Yes, yeah, because, because it's a man. Yeah. It, yeah. So if if you have these kinds of comedies where a woman is the main character, like Miss Congeniality or yeah. Legally Blonde, um, yeah. then often it gets categorized as a rom com when it's when mm-hmm. it's not when the romance is like very subtle, small part of the story. Yeah. Not anything the story is revolving around. You uh-uh. could take it out and the story would be just as good. That's true. I mean, they could have just been friends and it yeah. would have been fine. Exactly. Know? So I feel like then, but it's still categorized as a rom-com, whereas then you have the same type of thing with mm-hmm. a male lead. In 40-Year-Old like, Virgin. Like, for example, 40-Year-Old yeah. Virgin. That is not, is not really ever categorized as a rom-com. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, it. you get into very tiny like details with this kind of thing and, and it comes down to a lot of subjective um yeah and, like obviously but I no. so I feel but I feel like overall we should be critical of that mm-hmm. of, of just like when you have these kinds of movies and like what the perception of them is and how yeah. we categorize them and how the people who are in them or starring in them sort of determine the way yeah. that they're categorized. Yeah. 
Um, and sort of just thinking, just thinking about that. Just as thinking yeah. about it. Just like think about it. Yeah. And how, I mean, like, because I think, I think what it comes down to is that it's very easy to dismiss a rom-com because it's, uh, it's, it's just like how it's very easy to dismiss Jane Austen. It's very easy to dismiss like romance novels. It's because they're literature and media that's created for women and we don't care about that as something to examine critically, you know? It's not artistic. It's not it's, artistic. It's fun or frivolous. It's fun or frivolous. It's not artistic. It's not political. It's not, it, it's, it's not a critical uh, piece of culture, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the problem with that is that Miscongeniality is a fucking good movie with really interesting things to say. And mm-hmm. it's all, it is art, so... You know? Yeah, and it is critical, and it yeah, and, and I think a lot of rom coms in general can be that way. Yeah. They just aren't ever acknowledged as such, yeah, because of who they are um, marketed towards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Up is Legally Blonde, the 2001 masterpiece starring Reese Witherspoon. In this comedy, Elle Woods attends Harvard Law in an attempt to win back her ex-beau and discovers her aptitude for the law, despite how much everybody underestimates her. So, not so hot takes for this <laughs> also almost 20-year-old movie. Ooh, wow. The early 2000s movie. were like apparently a hotbed for girl power femininity movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that makes sense. That's when girl power was, like, really a big trend in feminism. Mm, yes, that's true. Girl power. Girl power! Um, it's the Spice Girls, you know? Yeah, th- and, and, and as I mentioned before, this is another movie that I always watched at my mom's friend's house um, with a, on the little VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, and watched so much that I honestly don't remember what I thought of it the first time I saw it. Um, I definitely remember loving it. I mean, I, I don't mean, I know I remember it, distinctly I don't remember, what my thoughts were, like, but I do remember thinking... Like, if I didn't know what yes. was going to happen, like, what yeah. my thoughts were about the characters or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that I just watch this movie periodically. Because it feels so good to watch this movie. Yeah. I, th- when Elle <laughs> goes up to... Well, there are a lot of moments in this movie that I love, but, like... In particular, when Warner is like, you attend Harvard Law School, and Elle is just like, what, like it's hard? Like, that is the attitude I try to bring to everyday life. <laughs> what, like it's hard? <laughs> it's so good. It just, and it, everything Elle, it's just such a triumph for her mm-hmm. that like, it, it just feels good to watch, you know? Yeah, well, and, and it, it is another, like, Miss Congeniality, it's another movie that, I think is underestimated in a lot of ways. One thousand percent. Like, yeah, there are things um, that exist in it that, on the surface, um, people have problems with, but yeah. they're actually making, actually making a point. Yeah. Um. When you huh. when you think about the way that it's huh. that it's done, like in, in a nutshell, this movie is about being yourself despite mm-hmm. what other people think of you. Yeah. Um. And this movie is also very much like. 
just because you are feminine doesn't mean that you aren't intelligent. Yeah. Um, a good sort of contrast because to Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. Elle is facing a lot of disdain for her femininity. For her femininity, um, yeah. And in Miss Congeniality, Sandra Bullock's character is the one who the had one all the disdain yeah, for true. women with femininity. Yeah. And in both of these movies, there are kind of turnarounds yeah. that we see in, yeah. in the characters that, yeah. that realize things about themselves, about the people around them, that, yeah. that they had um, assumptions that were incorrect. Yeah. And I think Elle defies a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Well, and, okay, so this movie is... This movie is so good because it plays around with not only it expects the characters to underestimate L, it also expects the audience to underestimate yes. L. And I think it sets you up very early to be like, you shouldn't underestimate this girl, but then you do anyway, you know? Because mm-hmm. that first scene where she thinks she's going propo- to get proposed to, mm-hmm. um, and so she goes to buy a new dress. And then the shop girl, like, tries to trick her into buying an old dress, but Elle is smart, so she, and she loves fashion, so she, like, knows that the dress Mm -hmm. is from last year. Uh, And then you learn, oh, right, Elle actually is not an idiot, like you think she is. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think she is because why, like, and that's that's really the question of this movie, I think, is that, like, or that the movie is posing to you as an audience, which is just, like, why do you think women who appear this way are idiots when mm-hmm. honestly none of them are like Serena and who's the other girl Serena and um where oh Serena and Margot who are like Elle's friends right yes they have their moments of being like I don't know what that is, you know, but they also like, uh, I think it's Margot who like speaks Mandarin. Yeah. Like, and they breeze past that. They, they breeze like, past yeah. it. But like, it also reinforces to you that like feminine women are not dumb. They're just feminine. Mm-hmm. And those two things are not the same thing. Yeah. And, and I think that it has a lot, I mean, it has a lot to do. I mean, the movie's called Legally Blonde as if the fact that it's just her hair color when, it, when it's clearly not, it also is, like, yeah. she's, she's um, subject to a lot of these judgments because she, of the way she dresses, because she likes yes, to she dress feminine, pink. she yeah. likes pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, and I you know we have, like, a brief thing that we can talk about with this, the way that she talks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And the fact that we even see um, one of the, the characters, um, which one, it's... Enid Wexler, um, imitating her. Um, Maybe you can find another sorority that you could, like, join instead, like. Yes, yeah. Which is her sort of impression of Elle and the way that she talks. Um, And that kind of um, intonation, the using like a lot, Mm -hmm. that sort of, um, that sort of speak is often used to categorize someone as stupid when that is... Not true. Yeah, it's true. And absolutely not. It's and it's and it's not like it's just not because I I feel like you could say oh if you use like not like a lot you're not dumb you could just say that because you could just decide that that makes you not dumb right but the thing is that the use of like and the use of a lot of the things that L uses and like very feminine women tend to use in their speech patterns actually are super useful 
like linguistic markers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's talk about this book. Okay, so there's a book uh, by her name is Amanda Montel. That's yes, her name, right? Yeah. Amanda Montel. Amanda Montel wrote this book called Word Slut. Um, it's a super interesting book. She delves into like just language and like feminist language. Um, she talks about gender. She mm-hmm. talks about uh, the origins of words. She just ta- delves into race a little bit. Um, and she just talks about, like, why we think of certain words um, and the certain uses of language as, like, stupid or anti-feminist or feminist or not, you know? So yeah. she's trying to make, basically make you a better feminist via language. Um, one section that's super interesting that has to, a lot to do with Legally Blonde um, is uh, the section where she talks about uh, the way that women in particular use language and use the word like. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to just read this section that um, we can talk about? Yeah, or yeah. Do you want to read chapter? the whole section? No, I'll read a chapter. Yeah. Uh, not the chapter. The uh, I'll read just that one paragraph yeah, at yeah. the end. Um, so uh, what she says here is... Um, As a matter of fact, some studies have demonstrated that speech lacking in likes and you knows can sound too careful, robotic, or unfriendly. So next time someone accuses you of saying like too much, feel free to ask them, oh really, which kind? Because Darcy says that ordinary speakers tend to buy into the valley girl stereotype so hardcore, blaming young women for all of these likes, simply because they don't notice the difference among them. So within this chapter, she talks about how there are actually six different uh, uses of the word like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, you can use it as an adjective, a noun, um, as a quotative word, um, as a discourse marker, an adverb, and a discourse particle. I feel like the one that people have the most problems with is uh, the discourse marker, right? So mm-hmm. that's when you use like, like you're talking and like in the middle of your sentence, like you insert like to, like, give yourself more time to, like, think of, like, the next word or... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also... uh, That's what it is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That that was the one it was. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, and that's that's the way that people... That's the one that people think sounds super stupid. Um, But it's actually uh, used... Like, in general, is actually used um, many different ways and also used to kind of, uh, it does make you kind of sound more unassuming, I think, but it also, like, I don't think that's really a bad thing. No, I mean, it does soften it. Um, Yeah. And I know that that it has been critiqued specifically because it can make you sound more uncertain and women specifically are always taught Mm-hmm. To make themselves sound more uncertain than they are. Yeah. I think she actually talks about that. I don't know. She if does. In I the remember book or it, that she talks about that. She, in the she book. also yeah. did an event mm-hmm. where I work, um, and she definitely talked about that. I don't remember if she directly addresses L in the book, uh, but I feel like definitely she would be like, "Yeah, L's mm-hmm. smart, and her use of like shouldn't tell you that she is or is not." Yeah, you know? and and the fact that it's just it it's a language marker that has been that has defined a lot of how yeah. we speak, both men and women yeah. and, and gender neutral, like everyone. Yeah. Because also the, one of the other things she says is that men pretty much use like almost as often as women do. You know, we just think of like as being a teenage girl's way to speak. Um, and all that says really about us is that we don't like teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and you actually 
had a story about a specific, like, Oh, my God. Okay. One time a guy (laughs) told me, literally, yes, I used literally because it was literal, but also I would use that word even if it wasn't literal. Um, One time a guy told me that I am so smart and he just wished that I would stop using like so much because it made me sound stupid. And I God, was like, him. I just, I, well, I remember when you told me this initially and I was just like, what the fuck? What a fucking dick. I told him that like, actually that was rude. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like Amanda Montel very specifically, like, uh, in her, w- when she did the event at my workplace was, was like very clear about like, here is exactly how you make them feel them stupid. feel stupid. <laughs> when they call you stupid for the way that you talk because yeah. it's. It's it's just ridiculous, and it's it's also yeah. very clear. Like going back to Legally Blonde, that that is a is a significant mm-hmm. part. Yeah. So of... I totally derailed this conversation just to talk about the word like. <laughs> um, but to bring it back to Elle Woods, <laughs> um, she she talks like that. She has that inflection. She's yeah. She also California. has a super high she, voice. Yeah. She dresses in pink she all the time. Up-speak. She like, uses upspeak. So it's all true. like I feel like those vocal markers are are one are a thing that, um, that people definitely are criticizing about her all the time and using to underestimate her. Yeah. Um, in addition to, like, her love of fashion and yep. um, like dressing cute and then also being blonde. Yeah. Um, she also does have this, like, I think another thing that people kind of uh, don't like about her is that, like, part of Elle's character is that she sort of naively, blindly believes that just... Everyone is going to be friendly and nice all the time to her because, frankly, most people probably have been. Mm-hmm. She has that kind of privilege, you know. Um, but I think that's another thing that probably makes her seem stupid in the eyes of mm-hmm. dumbass individuals, you know. Yeah. That she doesn't know what the real world is like because she's a child, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. But what I love about this movie is that. At the end, it's not like the moral is that, like, Elle grows up and she gets rid of, like, her uptalk. She, like, uh, stops using the word like. Like, she she becomes, like, a more mature woman. That doesn't happen. She's just still Elle. She just learns to be herself. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know what? She doesn't even learn. Or she does learn to be herself. You're right. She does. She, she tries to be. She tries to, like, do yeah. a little oh. more of the law school thing and. She says that yeah. specifically, like, no yeah. more trying to be something that I'm just not. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, And I, I think that, yeah. yeah, that she then realizes it is someone that she is. She is, She just yeah. can do it's just it on her own as terms. the person that she is mm-hmm. instead of having That's to true. try yeah. to defy and everyone's think, expectations yeah. in, and I think in a specific she, way. Yeah. She also, like, has the, she, she comes to law school so focused on Warner mm-hmm. and then realizes throughout being there that, like, she doesn't actually give a shit about yeah. And I don't think, the, what I think is interesting is that she didn't know that. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's actually something she learns about herself, that there's more to her. Than yeah. And she thought. Then Warner and then, and then Warner. Because like, yeah. I, I do think that like at the beginning of the movie, like she's smart and stuff, but like it does very much seem like her plan was to marry <laughs> Warner and be yeah. his wife. Yeah. And, and she, it's not like, like, Elle, I don't think, ever had any self-esteem problems. No. It's she just, was like, was... yeah, I'm great, you know? Like, she mm-hmm. definitely, like, if uh, Lizzo had existed at, at that time, Elle would have woken up every morning and been like, yes, I'm 100% that bitch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I think, 
she no, it wasn't. It's not even self esteem issues. It, it more it more is a gender role not, thing. Yeah, I think like, it oh, is. this is yeah, this is what yeah, like I feel great about myself. I am awesome. This is what awesome mm-hmm. women do. They marry this dreamboat, and he's yep. really successful, and like, and it yeah, and then she kind of realizes that there are just. There's just She's, more things that she wants to and, do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's talk about the person who never, for one second, underestimates oh. Elle Woods. Oh, my God. Emmett. <laughs> Emmett is the best man of every rom-com we're ever going to see, to be honest. Like, he is... It's hard to measure. Like, as far as, like, men in rom-coms go... He's the one. I think is, the only other one who's really good is um, Jack Black in... The holiday. He is great. Which he's we will good. be doing that we'll one be soon. Doing that tune one soon. in. Yeah, um, please tune he's, in. He's great. Yeah. He's great. But Emmett, honestly, I think goes above and beyond Jack Black. Um, because it's true. He never, he just, from the moment they first meet, he doesn't look at her like she's a weirdo. He doesn't like underestimate her. He's he also just like, isn't even like hypersexualizing her. It's not like no. he's immediately like, I'm attracted to her and I'm going to try to no. get her. He's just like, no, he's oh, this girl's like, upset. And he's like, yeah. man, I've been there. And yeah. then he just starts talking to her yeah. like she's a normal human yeah. being. And then she's like, oh my God, thank you. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're pretty. <laughs> and then they're friends. And then, I don't know. It's so interesting also that I feel like more than Miss Congeniality, this is the one that people think is a rom-com. Is, more of, is a rom-com. Yeah, yeah. But you could have done this whole movie and not made them a couple. Exactly. And it would have been fine. Exactly. It they don't even fine. kiss. They don't even kiss. They don't even kiss. Like, <laughs> it's wild. I mean, to be fair, I think that part of the other reason why people make it a rom-com is because of Warner. Yeah, absolutely. It does, um, it does why people start out. It, it does yeah, start as out as that. It's true. Um, but, like, very easily... She could have ended up with no romance mm-hmm. at the end because the only inkling we get that they're together is that it gives that little like caption at the end that mm-hmm. uh, Emmett's going to propose to her. So that's barely a rom com. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. That's a friendship right mm-hmm. there. Uh, yeah, but Emmett Emmett is a such a good character, and he doesn't feel like I feel like sometimes when. Like the love interest in a rom com is like too good. You're like, oh, he's too good. He's and not it feels real. like they're trying. It's forced. They're forcing yeah. it, and probably a combination of the writing and, and Luke Wilson. No, it's so good. Is, it, it doesn't just feel. Yeah, it works. It yeah. feels very it natural. Feel he just. Yeah. He just. I think he just cares about people in general. Like, yeah, we don't get much of his true. backstory, but maybe like the reason he's becoming yeah. a lawyer in general is yeah. because he. Yeah. There are things he cares about, and he cares about people. Yep. And yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Also, is that it's so good. You don't even like need his backstory no. specified you get it you know you're like oh you're like a good person and like yeah. you probably really care about people and so he just is always even like huh. even when because he is a few years older than her and mm-hmm. or like i don't know about older but a few years ahead of her in yeah he seems like he's school. a few year old well um, he because he's supposed to be a t te- i feel like he's supposed to have graduated already he's a third year he's oh he's a third, third year, year okay yeah, yeah, yeah no um so yeah but he so he has moments where it's like he knows more than she does because mm-hmm. he's just he's a third year and she's a first year yeah um but he when he's like giving her advice about the teachers right when they first meet yeah when at the end in the court scene when he's like sort of observe like he's supposed to be the one like supervising her or whatever while she's um yes, and he and he that. like will do a couple objections he but yeah. he 
but it's never in any way where he's trying to undermine what she's doing. Nope. And it's always extremely, yeah. like, in support of her. And, like, yeah. his body language and his, just everything is very much, it, it's not trying to be patronizing. It's not trying to to underestimate or demean her in any way. Yeah. It's just, there's no ulterior motive. Yeah. He just actually cares about her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is refreshing because, one, we see a lot of people in this movie not actually not care, care about, about her. her at all. They're it's either, true. like, underestimating the shit out of her yeah, or like, objectifying the shit out of her. Like fucking Victor Garber's character. Um, I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. I feel like this Emmett in this movie is, like, Emmett is exactly who you should be in a relationship with. I don't care who your actual, like, partner is. Like, that... If they're not treating you the way that Emmett treats Elle, <laughs> you are not in an adult relationship. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very mature, like, yeah, like, way, like, he's just very, like, he's just a mature adult. He's a man. Um, yeah, like, like, I understands. don't say that about men under 40, but he's a man, <laughs> like, in this, in this, uh, movie. Yeah, he just, know? like, you know, is able to be kind to her and care about her without needing it to be anything else yeah which is great yeah plus i also feel like the i feel like in the movie the moment when he goes from just kind of being like well she's kind of interesting to being like oh no i like her is when she calls him a butthead (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) he gets stuck on that for a minute now uh and it's adorable i can't believe you just call me a butthead no one's called me a butthead since the ninth grade grade. (laughs) maybe not to your face (laughs) And I think that's, when she says that, he's like, oh, yeah, mm, I yeah, like her. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so what else do we want to talk about? Um, so I was going to talk about, I was going to move on from the Luke Wilson Yes. semi Yeah, I feel like we've, I feel like um, we've To yeah. then talk about how this movie also, I think, like Miss Congeniality, has a lot of interesting things to say about female friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when, particularly with um, both Paulette and Vivian. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even Margot and Serena, they're much smaller characters, but they're yeah. also kind of interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> interesting to sort of analyze yeah. in this way. But uh, but as far as, like, Elle goes, particularly the Paulette and Vivian, I think, mm-hmm. are the... Because Paulette is interesting because it's just sort of instantaneous. They're both very, I think, open and kind women. And yeah. so then when they're put together, when yeah. she happens to come to get her nails done at Paulette Station, they just immediately Connect. are connected and yeah. are very supportive of each other. Yeah. Pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. which is really nice to see. Yeah. And, and also, um, Jennifer Coolidge does an amazing job. Um, she's so good. I love her. <laughs> um, and, and then on the flip side, you have Vivian, who is the one who's dating Warner. Um, she's the competition. Mm-hmm. They have a really uh, tumultuous relationship, her yeah. and Elle, right at the beginning. Yeah. She is actually the, the pettiest, I think, character in this entire oh, 1, movie. Oh, 1,000% um, she Even is, though yeah. she's supposed to be the more grounded yeah. one, uh, actually, she spreads she's rumors. Yeah. Of, like, it's, it's more than just hating her and being annoyed with her. She actually yeah. spreads rumors about Elle that are not true about things that she has said. Yes. Uh, which we know because, yeah. um, because the character of Enid Wexler uh, says something about Elle um, 
L, you know, using some slurs and and saying some really nasty things about her, yeah. and uh, and then it turns out that Vivian had actually, you know, told Enid this, even though it it was not true, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of sort of slander is really shitty. Yeah. Vivian is very, very awful. Yeah. Oh, no. Vivian is not good. And yet somehow they they end up becoming friends. And it it doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't bother me. I I feel like it it works. It makes a lot of sense. Because Vivian's, because it all all makes sense. You know, Vivian is being very territorial. That does happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she also has a lot of assumptions about Elle mm-hmm. that sort of start to break down as she works with her longer. Yeah. Um, and as those break down and also as she realizes that Warner's actually a, a doofus, uh, <laughs> she is, is able to kind of understand that her treatment of Elle was unfair and kind yeah. of come into understanding that and to slowly come into a friendship and it... It doesn't come easily, Mm-mm. but the turnaround is not. It doesn't. It, it what 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 works? I think about it is that. So they have this kind of burgeoning burgeoning friendship, and then you do see Vivian, make a, a mistake and mm-hmm. think and make those bad assumptions about Elle mm-hmm. again, um, and so you see oh it it doesn't like suddenly there's been this big transformation I think also um what works for it about me is that Vivian's like uh dislike of Elle her competition with Elle her hatred of Elle is all like almost performative it's not even performative it's about like it happens in response to the men in the room Mm -hmm. you know so then when the men are gone they're able to actually connect Mm mm-hmm uh, which I think is what makes it work. Yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, Vivian's character is super interesting to me because she does kind of have this... Well, it's not, it's not even a huge turnaround. It's just like suddenly you peel back the first layer and on the inside she's kind of sad and lonely and maybe needs a real friend, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, she... So. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, I mean, I think that the moment that kind of what happens is Al, you know, goes to get the alibi from mm-hmm. Brooke Wyndham, gets the alibi, but can't share it because yeah. it was told to her in confidence. Yeah. And refuses to share it. And there's this moment where she's refusing to say it because she has made a promise. Yeah. She's not breaking. Uh, so I think Vivian simultaneously has respect for that mm-hmm. and then also observes Warner, like, trying to coerce Elle into telling the alibi and, yeah. and saying things like, you know, who cares about her? Think about yourself. Like, yeah. you could, you know, get Vivian's a lot of really like, great things if you give up this alibi. And Vivian kind of sees that mm-hmm. um, and is very, I think, disheartened by it. And, yeah. and sort of understands for the first time that maybe the bad person in the scenario is not Elle, but in fact it is Warner. Warner, yeah. Um, and... And also, I think she's just been frustrated because, um, because uh, what's-his-face, uh, Callahan has been asking her to get coffee all the time. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like <laughs> for the first time, because for so long, the person who's been underestimated is Elle. 
and suddenly it's flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. And Elle is the important one in the group. Vivian's the one who's being underestimated. Mm-hmm. And and then at the same time, like, you do have the, the men, the male interns in the group who are never one or the other. They're all, they're never underestimated. They're also, like, they're no. also not hypersexualized. It's not nope. like Callahan is, like, supporting hit them on because them. he wants to hit yeah, on them. No. He's... They're just there, and he never asks them to get him coffee. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, yeah, all of the dynamics there are very interesting, and I think that that's the moment when Vivian kind of realizes, and so then she kind of reaches out to Elle. um, Yeah. And sort of starts that friendship, and by the end, of course, they are friends, and Warner is alone. And Warner is fucking alone, as he should be. (laughs) It's true. Everyone in this movie who deserves to get something bad, bad happening to them, they get it. That that's like Professor Callahan. Yeah, it's Callahan and and Warner. And Warner, truly, I think that's it. Yeah, it's true. Um, And everybody (laughs) else gets at least something good. Yeah, which is great. Um, One thing I think is interesting about this movie, about its relationship with femininity, is that what it suggests is that femininity is actually a very warm, comforting, uh, sort of welcoming dynamic, uh, because, like, Elle could hate Vivian, but she never really does. Like, even when Vivian invites her to that party, she's, like, happy to go, mm-hmm. you know? Um, even though then it ends up being bad. Um, she's more hurt by Vivian's behavior than anything else, it yeah. seems like. And then when Vivian comes to her and is like, I really liked that you didn't give up Brooke's alibi, like, Elle is welcoming with open arms Mm -hmm. um plus that you know there's the connection between paulette and l that's instantaneous yeah it's so and i love i just i just love paulette honestly or if i were in the musical i would want to be you'd be paulette it's true Um, paulette's so good she's yeah and and she's just very warm and Mm-hmm. Um, has clearly like been in a potentially abuse abusive relationship. Yeah, I feel and, like definitely, and no. and like is struggling to like sort of get her sense of self back. And by sense of self, I, I mean her dog. It um, is her dog. That's her dog. true. <laughs> yeah, that's and Elle like helps her do that, and yeah. um, and and just kind of. I don't know. They just support each other in a really, really nice way. Yeah, it's and, true. And even um, it's less like female friendship, but um, the professor. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Stromwell, yeah. Stromwell. She, yeah. you know, she she's hard on her. She's very bright, Professor yeah. McGonagall. Yes, um, she's for hard sure. on Elle. She um, seems to. I don't even know if it's that she. I don't think she actually underestimates Elle. Yeah. I think, no, I think she knows that, that, or maybe at first she's like, she might have, what are you doing here? But then I feel like then eventually she's like, oh. Yeah, I think that she just, or even if she initially, I don't even know if underestimating is the right word. No. I think she just sees her and is like, no. Do you want to be here? Let's find out. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of how, uh. Hillary Clinton would be a professor. She'd be like, look, we need women to be doing this, but you got to have what it takes, you know? 
And so I feel like that's kind of what Stromwell does to Elle. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you don't have what it takes, and I mean, you don't belong here, but like, just because you, you like, you could have what it takes, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and, and Emmett it's does rough. say that, like, she made him cry. Like, True. apparently she's yes. just, she's she hard. just kind of does that. She's a very yeah. harsh professor. And then I think in Elle's case, it, it was less underestimating and more just like, um, you're better than this, so leave my class and come back. Yeah, back. absolutely. Um, and... Because and you got into fucking Harvard. Yeah. Like, like you got into here, so know you're smart. Yeah. So prove that you're, you're smart. Yeah. And, like, do the work. And, yeah. and, and then I think that then at the end when she comes, when she's, like, at the beauty salon. Yeah. So I'm getting her hair dyed blonde. Yeah. Or, like, getting her highlights that. touched her up or whatever. touched up, yeah. And she's like, if you're going to let one, whatever, like, stupid man one or whatever. One stupid idiot or whatever in she your says. life. Or a prick. I don't you're know. You're not the girl I thought you were. Yeah. And just, like, a, so like she actually is very support. Like, she's very critical. She's very a harsh professor. But in, overall, she's extremely supportive. And yeah. I think in that moment, she's also, like, probably, like, fucking Callahan. I'm, I get because the impression this is not the fucking first time he's done this. Uh, no. It is uh, not. And 1, she probably not. knows that. And, yeah. And, like... And, and you know it's not <laughs> the first time he's done that because that other lawyer, when, when uh, Elle makes a comment about what happened in his office. The other lawyer, like, in the courtroom looks at him like, oh, yeah, I know. I know what, I know about you. You know? <laughs> like, for sure he's been harassing women forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then even, like, as far as female friendship goes, even, like, um, um, Brooke Wyndham. Oh, yeah. Also, they have a very warm they have, relationship. Like, automatically, you know? And and she's like very supportive. She believes her immediately, even immediately, before she gets her alibi. It's true. Yeah. Um, and even okay. And also, even Serena and Margot, their relationship very warm. And Serena and Margot themselves are not catty. They're kind of just like nice, mm-hmm. you know. And so like this interesting like not only are the female friendships very warm, but just like the uh, this idea that the movie has of femininity is so warm and mm-hmm. like bright. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not this kind of manipulative thing yeah. that I think a lot of people think about femininity. And they, and they try to they try to show that a little with Vivian, and then, yeah, and then yeah, she yeah. It, and then it, it does end up being a little more almost performative or reactionary. And then no, I think out, so. Yeah, she's like trying to do that, and then actually she isn't even like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, she's not actually like that. You know. Um. Yeah. I think that's just this movie is so this movie has always been one of my favorites but it's just like super interesting I think to just analyze in terms of the message that it's trying to give you about a being yourself and also how femininity doesn't have to be a detriment mm-hmm. to you you know some of us are just super feminine is there anything I we want to say about any kind of compare and contrast or even just like short a short one short compare and contrast to the the reason we put these two movies together obviously they're both categorized as rom-coms even though neither of them in our opinion actually are Mm -hmm. um we also have a lot of discussions of femininity and what that means and assumptions around that which is interesting yeah i feel like both of these deal with femininity in a super interesting way that's not mocking Mm mm-hmm and that's, but it does occasionally make fun, which is also okay. Mm-hmm. I think you this know? is the first time we've uh, 
fully liked both of the movies we've talked True. about. True. Usually we don't. Yeah, usually it's yeah. one that we like and the yeah. other one we, we don't. Yeah, but I love like both of these much. movies. And but, frankly, I will watch again <clears throat> soon. Yeah, and to be fair, we, you you know, know? we, we grew up with them. Yeah. Um, but, but I also think they're both just really they're very, solid yeah, movies. They're very, yeah, they're very good. Um, yeah. And, and sort of tackle a lot of similar issues in kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, Legally Blonde, not a rom-com. Definitely not a rom-com. Miss Congeniality, definitely not a rom-com. Okay, so I feel like the last thing we need to do is we need to, let's, I guess let's give both of the movies one out of ten stars. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some recommendations about who should watch these movies. Yeah, yeah. So Miss Congeniality, let's go with that first. What would you rate it out of ten stars? Um... Um, eight. 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 Wow. Maybe. Okay. All right. So Why higher, or lo- higher or lower than you expected? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying words. Okay. Um, I mean, I I think what? Um, why? Why eight? I don't know. I think that it just seemed like eight was a nice, solid. Like I really like this movie, but then yeah. there are still I still have a few critiques. I don't know. Uh, to be fair, I. It's not specific based in science. <laughs> it's not specific based in science. Okay, um, okay. Okay. Uh, here, what are the about... critiques? What are the critiques that knock off two points for you? Just bullet okay. points. Um let me So I think it's mostly um I think it's just mostly that you know what? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so Rose gave a number, but she was not <laughs> you, sure. You about tell it. me what? Why do Thank you rate you. it? <laughs> I give Miss Congeniality. I was gonna say a nine point five, but you know what? I give Miss Congeniality a ten out of ten. I love that movie. It's good. <laughs> I don't have like I have like minor things that to today I guess I feel like would be different. Maybe. Yeah. Even. I, I, think I don't even know that that's I think true, the reason though. I gave it an eight is just because I feel like, I mean, if I were a teacher, I feel like I'd be one of those teachers that never gives an A. Oh, I would be a teacher who gave an A plus all the time because I don't <laughs> give a shit. Like, I'm like, I really like this movie, yeah. so it's an eight. But I, like, don't, I'm, I don't, don't spill all of the rose I'm cider. Sorry. Oh, we didn't say, we're drinking rose cider. Oh, right. Cider. We're drinking rose cider. We have been the whole time. Okay. Uh, for a combination of. <laughs> yes. The rose is L, the cider is. <laughs> Gracie, obviously, we combined them together. <laughs> okay, apparently two ciders is all I can drink. <laughs> all right. You're not even finished with this one. I'm not even one. finished with this one. Um, anyway, okay, so, so yeah, so I think that primarily yeah. it was an eight for me. Yeah. The minus two points was was mostly the strict it's the teacher curve. thing. Yeah. Like, where I was yeah. like, well, I, I don't, I want to give it be perfect. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. But I don't um, know. I love this. I mean, <clears throat> certainly they're... I keep almost saying certainly there are things that are wrong with it, but like nothing that actually bugs me. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's a t- it's at least a nine point eight to be honest. Like I love this movie; I would watch it forever. I mm, okay. I will say that. Um, well, while she made sense, and while I think it overall was fine. There mm-hmm. were some things about Kathy Morningside that okay. 
we're sort of trying to portray like, the, like we're portrayed like the bitter, angry, older yes. woman, okay. I and get I that. feel like they could have humanized her a little more. Yes, as a especially okay. as a female villain, like yes. it was it was yeah. a very bold choice in that, yeah. especially in like two thousand, yeah. to have like a female villain. Yes. and then I but I feel like they didn't really do much yes. work to make that complex. Yes, as complex as they could have. And I will say, I think the reason I actually disagree with you ah. is because women often are not allowed to be uncomplex villains. Ah, yes. Often they have to have some elaborate backstories to why they've become a villain. Men often are allowed to just be villains. I mean, to be fair, I hate all the, the you know? men who are just villains. Yeah, too, no, you know, I like mean, it's not interesting. Negan annoys the crap out yes, of me for all not, you Walking Dead fans out there. <laughs> Negan's really annoying. Yes, the Walking Dead rom-com fans. <laughs> Here you we are. We just did a Zomcom. We just uh-huh. did a Zomcom. It's true. Like, it's episode. true. It's true. Um, um, yeah. Uh, but to be, you are right, I think. I, I just think you have, about you have to be careful. There's a, there's a line of you know? like, yeah. because I think that oh. you can also then pull in like the sort of the Black Widow stereotype or the, like there are a lot sure, of. Sure, absolutely. Like yeah. I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's a fine line yeah. between yeah. also, like between the like. Yeah. Female villains have to be yeah. humanized and also just like making sure that we aren't making not a mockery, but just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, the, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. I just have a thing about I, I think that women should be allowed to be evil for no reason. <laughs> Maleficent. I feel like Maleficent, it's true. She's a good example. She's a great example. It's true. Yeah. She's evil for no reason and I love it. Um, so Okay, so you uh, give how about it eight point five. Eight point five. Great, 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 great. I d- and I think that's totally valid. That's totally valid. Um, so what about Legally Blonde? Um, Legally Blonde. Um, Legally Blonde. I might I might say seven point five or an eight. Okay. Primarily because I do think because in because um, as we said it is uh, it's lacking quite, diversity. It's lacking diversity, yeah. and also there are definitely characters that are sort of reduced to stereotypes yeah. that that could definitely be fleshed out more and yeah. you know you know based on the writing that they have the ability to do that and it just seems like they ran out of time or something yeah and i think they just way, got like, bored they know how to do that they <laughs> yeah, just they do they just kind of didn't um yeah so no i feel like that is yeah is the reason for that yeah um i give it a nine with a caveat, which is that, okay, so I've been a 9 out of 10 because obviously there are markers that today I would hope <clears> they <throat> would hit, like, they would have more diversity, they would flesh out the characters more, you know? Uh, however, I will also say that this is one of my favorite movies. Mm, so I mean, I, I love, really I love this movie. I have a really hard time and, giving and again, it a lower it is, score. It is definitely like it was made in, in no. 2001. It, yeah. It was different. Because yeah. we even talked not about... That, I mean, like, not that that's like an excuse, but it also kind of is like that was what was happening in 2001 yeah. was not well, diversity. Cause even, no, except for Miss Congeniality, yeah. apparently, which was a, an angel of a movie. Because <laughs> um, you, you talked about it specifically in like, um, as far as like different eras we have in Legally Blonde, Vivian sees Elle with Callahan and sees him, like, touching her and immediately goes to, like, Elle is a bad person. I trusted her. She's trying to, like, 
sleep with the professor. Whereas yeah. if that movie were made now, Vivian would Vivian be like, would be busting like, down the door. <laughs> like, is this consensual? What the fuck are you doing? Like, and it would be a it's much true. different. Yeah. Uh, or, or at the very least, she would be going to the elevator and being like, are you okay? okay. What yeah. just happened? Yeah. Um, no. And even that, like, that difference is, I think, pretty that's stark. Like, that's stark. very... Yeah, it's true. ...significant, like, the blame the victim versus mm-hmm. uh, that kind of shift that we've had in yeah. the past few years. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I give this movie a nine, because I feel like for 2001, probably a lot of the things that were happening in it were pretty progressive, mm-hmm. but we've just we've made leaps and bounds since 2001 you know and so what would have been progressive in 2001 just doesn't hold up anymore it's Mm -hmm. and and nor should it nor should it like we we should be moving yes way beyond it's a good thing it's a good thing it's a good thing but so so basically i'm excited to see legally blonde three i want to know what they're gonna do you know (laughs) and frankly if it's an (laughs) all-white cast i'm gonna be super sad yeah yeah it's like i gotta do that I feel yeah, like. I hope I. I feel like let's let's not you know like let's let's move forward. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. Um, um, so the last thing we want to do is I guess who are these movies for? Who should see them? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say everyone. I think everyone should see these movies. In particular, I think that men should see these movies. Anyone who has a specific idea or assumption about femininity. Yeah. Uh, whether that is. On other people or yourself. Yeah. If if you have felt like you are not smart enough, watch both of these movies. Yeah. And if also you've thought that girls who say like a lot are dumb, you should watch both of these movies. <laughs> They're not dumb. Frankly. No. You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the end? Are we ending <laughs> with you're dumb? <laughs> I think maybe. Maybe, maybe you're done with that. Yeah. <laughs>